A regular read of the latest LGBT plus trends, TV, and the ever-expanding world of drag. Hello there, I'm the Velvet Snatch, and welcome to season three of Girl. As usual, I'm joined by our delicious Thotter Stew. Hiya. That's it, that's all you're getting. That's all I'm getting. <laughs> well, you... You, you never put out. You never put out for this. It's always just I have to. I have to work really hard to get this out of you, and it's just. Oh, Find me the right bottle of wine, hun. What's it called? Echo Falls. I'll get you some Echo Falls. There we go. And joining us as our special guest host this week, guess who's back? Back again from the Newcastle Ravens Rugby Club. It's Glenn Kevin. Hallelujah! I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes in a row? That's got to be a new record. People will say we're in love. But who's the main attraction, you may ask? Well, you may know him from his soirees into reality television on The Circle and Goggle Box. Or maybe from his work as a DJ. Or maybe, perhaps, from being progeny of 90s royalty. Our special guest this week, it's Woody Cook. Hello. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's me. There, there's my entrance. There we go. That's quite good. Yeah. W-E, like, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I need to redo mine after that. <laughs> what, what would it be if you could have entrance music? If, if we pretended we had a budget for licensing, like what would your entrance music be? Oh, I don't know. Um, have to be the uh, Imperial March. I think we might be able to swing that one. I'm sure there's a copyright-free version somewhere. <laughs> it's just where they've, uh, where they've changed da, the notes da, of it. Da, da, da. Just switch yeah, up we'll the tone. Get, get like on. A, a cat to play it, or like someone to play it on like a pan flute or something. I think that'd be quite a really funny version of it. We'll get a kazoo version. The, uh... We'll just get someone playing it on a kazoo, and we'll just be like, there you go. I'm done. There's actually a, a Chemical Brothers edit where they used Galvanized by the Chemical Brothers and Darth Vader, oh. and they made it into like, push the button Ooh, they have like this death star exploding and everything it's beautiful that actually sounds amazing could make that yeah <laughs> so woody just in case people don't know tell us about yourself and where do i begin um strange boy man child human um i'm i'm me i'm woody i uh I do TV sometimes. Uh, I was born, very fortunately, to two absolute legends. And uh, I've been carving my own path ever since. I ended up being uh, kidnapped and shoved in a room. And they filmed it for some reason. And they called it <laughs> Circle. And that was great fun. And, uh, yeah, after that, uh, just a lot of nonsense, really. I've been running my own record label called Truth Tribe. Uh, which we try and combine a little bit of... Uh, a loving culture and loving one another and education mm. with music because I think like trying to campaign towards anything like obviously I stand for stuff like Extinction Rebellion and everything but I think the way they've gone about it and the approach has actually been detrimental to the cause mm. I think that uh, if you used platform that people want to get behind that's like about music about the arts it's entertaining the people are much more likely to get on board listen to what you have to say than if you're just shouting i'm creating this form called truth tribe where i want to spread a bit of love in disguise you know mm. cue in with the music and then teach you something along the way so that's my passion project at the moment 
I think it sounds good because with like Extinction Rebellion and stuff, it's the fact of going, the message is great, but it's this idea they're saying it so loud that everyone's like, that's great, could you shut up? Yeah, I mean, it's like when you, I've seen these videos of like people blocking the streets with banners and everything. Um, it's just, you can hear this shrill tone of everyone chanting. And this ambulance turns up and they don't unblock the road for the ambulance. And it's like, so you've got people who are late for work who are just going to like really dislike you and the job's going to really dislike you. Now, there's an ambulance trying to save someone's life and you're yeah. not going to clear the road it's like that's just hmm. it's just ah, I, I, I don't know <laughs> and I, I also don't believe tearing things down for the sake of it because everyone could go oh this doesn't work the government does this the government does that but unless you want to try and help hmm. a solution then you're the backseat driver going oh you shouldn't have done this you shouldn't have done that and I, I really I believe in calling people out but I also believe we should almost focus more attention on how we can make things better rather than just tearing it down. You know, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. Yeah, it's the same as that thing where you get people where they'll complain about stuff, but then you just go, well, do you have a better idea? Like, how would you do it? And obviously, most of the time, like with what the government's doing, you're like, yeah, there is a better idea. But then, like you're saying, the people complaining, they're not offering anything. They're just like, well, I don't know how I do it better. And you're just like, well... And that's the same way they like, come to me with solutions, not problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I like that sentiment. If people go... Oh, I've done the research, I've done the research, I've done the research uh, <laughs> all over Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a podcast told me so. Um, <laughs> now, it's just one of those things where I believe education is yeah, the key to everything in society. And uh, I grew up dyslexic, ADHD. I really struggled with education. I always had huge support work networks in my family mm. and my parents and their friends. And all their friends were like family to me. I mean, I had had more aunties than I could count. How many were actually <laughs> biological or related? I don't know. And I think in order to try and uh, make any sort of great change, it really relies on us teaching the next generation better. And in order to do that, you've got to make it interesting and fun. Because like, oh, I'm pointing yeah. at the wall right now with a stick. I'm like, <laughs> here we find labels on the diagram. <laughs> and my friends just walked in. <laughs> get up, get up. Get, get out of here. Go on, I'm off it. Did him out. Did him out. Did him out. Yeah, my podcast. I, I poked him out. I poked him out. Yeah. Get, Get out of my podcast. podcast. With your thin stick. Get out of my pub. <laughs> so how is your record label helping with this? Uh, so at the moment we're focusing on the musical side of it, but behind the curtains we've done a lot of video projects. Uh, you can spend hours and hours on YouTube and learn nothing and see a lot of uh, cute cats, uh, top mm. 10 movie staircases. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, why am I? a 20-year-old boy watching videos of people build Lego. It's the fact it starts playing the next video or there's so many options that you never yeah. want to get off the train. Those little hits of dopamine keep you hooked. I, then other days, I've, uh, I'll watch a load of YouTube videos. And I'll really learn something. All these videos I'll walk away from going, wow, that was like 20 minutes that condensed what could have been like a two-and-a-half-hour lecture with um, animations, slides, evidence, advice. Only an essay. I never, you know, would you read an essay? If I gave you an essay on like a specific thing outside of school, would you be yeah. like, oh, this is a very insightful essay. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to read an essay. Most people don't even read a book nowadays. Uh, I believe you know, books are the key to everything. You can make hundreds of mistakes in their life, condensing mm. a biography. And you won't make the same mistakes. You can pick up where they left off. You've just gained 70 years of knowledge in like one book. But the problem is nowadays engine spans are fractured destroyed they yeah, studied totally right when creating social media they studied like heroin dependency and then they used that when programming facebook and instagram in the beginning it's like that's sick you know what i mean 
You studied people that are mentally unwell and dependent on a chemical. And but think, that's it. Um, it's you get about... people that have withdrawal from things like social media and stuff, where it's the fact of, you know, if they don't, if like their phone dies or whatever, then they actually start like, not freaking out, but, you know, you just go, whoa, it's such an influence on our lives nowadays. And like you say, it means that it's more difficult for us to learn now because people your age and younger who can't read a book, like they, they just go like, well, what's this? You know, like I need it in a video format. I need it in a sort of presentable way. See, it's one of those things where sometimes I, uh, if you go on your phone before bed, you wake mm. up first thing in the morning. So there's a lot of studies that have shown that when you are basically how you start your morning, how you end your evening programs your day mm. so the first thing you do in the morning programs your day so like today i got up i started tidying my room i tidied my mate's room then whole day i spent cleaning up because i had loads of mates coming around and being really productive from the get-go yeah I wake up and look at my phone all day i just want to keep looking at my phone and it's because your brain mm. is like it's almost it, it it takes the first sort of hour of your day and decides oh that's what today's about you ever yeah. woke up and you felt really sluggish, you have a sluggish day. If you wake up and you feel energetic, you have an energetic day. It's actually scientifically proven. It's like your program is your day. And when you go straight on your phone, go from I'm not a producer, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clean the house, I'm not gonna produce some music, I'm not gonna do some work, this is this stuff I'm meant to be doing. Uh you turn to a consumer, oh I'm gonna consume this content, I'm gonna read these things. And it became becomes less like what can you give? And you get less inspired or sluggish and everything like that. And it's, it's, it's like scientifically proven. I mean, I read a lot of books. Uh, Robin Sharma talks about it quite a lot. How we live our lives in mini. So like your day becomes your week, becomes your year. Idea if we're always starting our day, looking at those tweets, looking at those Instagrams. And it only takes one photo of your ex. One really <laughs> sad story about people being like killed in another country. Or like just one really intolerant post on Twitter. And you've, you've woken up in a bad mood. You're going to be grumpy. You're going to be a bit more grumpy that day. There was a pastor when I grew up. Uh, pastor, pastor, a ch- church person, um, <laughs> vicar. Uh, <laughs> Father Robert, he basically said, uh, he's not pastor, he's not spaghetti. Uh, he said, <laughs> if you smile to someone, it spreads. It's like, all mm. it takes is one smile, and you smile at another person, you smile at another person. And every time, it, it can just infinitely increase. And all it can take is one smile, and everyone's smiling. I think yeah. it's one of those things where it really is president how much our lives are ruled by devices and everything like that and how much it's intrinsically linked to mental health. I mean, our views are shaped by what we read online, but what we read online is shaped by what we read online. So mm. all it takes is looking at a couple posts and the algorithm goes, oh, you reacted to this post. You liked it very quickly. It shows you more like that. Next thing you know, you've gone down some rabbit hole of a specific type of content. It's like machines are learning our habits and force feeding us what we're addicted to. And trying to work out how to put adverts into it and being like, aha, right <laughs> now, how can we market to that, you know, demographic that we oh, put yeah. you in? You it's, know. it's just scary moments where you have a conversation about something, then you get an advert for it like a minute later. And you're like, all the time. Fuck! And it's because Siri is listening to you at every single moment of the day, broadcasting your information to the Apple satellite and it's going to other, other places. And basically you can turn it off. I turned it off on my phone. Saves battery for one. Mm. The Harry, Hey Siri feature. Well, I, I've disabled that because it's always listening to you. It's always machine learning. They say it's, I can understand your accent, you know, you can get <laughs> like adapt to what, how you speak and everything like that. But really it's just selling everything you say to uh, advertising companies. And in fact, recently in a trial, there was some guy who was on trial for like 
I don't know, some sort of like drug offense and mm. like took his audio from Siri and used it in the trial. So what? what? So they, they went yeah. to Apple, they used audio from Siri against him. Come on, I'm going to definitely have to put my phone away. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I've always got come up and be like, oh, here you're like, where am I going to hide this body? I'm not Damn. really going to someone. But you know what I mean? It's, it's like they're always well, listening. The fact is it's always listening. And the only like trust we have, you know, that they're not going to do anything with it, that they're not going to sell it to other people or they're not going to sort of track it somewhere is their word, really. And they're just like, oh, well, we're not really using it for like any nefarious purposes. But then... All it takes is a little sort of, oh, we've changed our terms and conditions. And then on like page five or whatever, they're like, oh, by the way, we will see. You know, on page 135. Like, <laughs> yeah. On a page 135 in the smallest print you've ever seen. Oh, we own your soul. <laughs> we own rights to everything you've spoken recently. And you're like, oh, but and I do need to use Facebook. <laughs> So, oh yeah, I need to know what Karen's got to say this yeah, week oh, and well. see what research she's done. <laughs> I like the Google um, phones now have this feature where it's meant to be like helping you know what song's being played and it's constantly listening and puts the song on the bottom of your screen. Mm-mm. Bloody as well. hell. And it's, that's it's gonna really pick up helpful, some... but also listening. The audio yeah. that's going to pick up sometimes though, like, I'm not listening to music right now, please do not detect this sound. <laughs> yeah, or like, what, what what happens if you're like, you're, you're having sex, does it go, oh, this is this porno by so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like, we know that sound. <laughs> you're like, what? I did not realise I, sound, I sounded like Pamela Anderson. See, <laughs> see now, now we've gone into the Facebook quizzes where it's like, who shares your porn sounds? Oh, yeah. gosh. Like I made oh, the, quiz, was, the, the quiz I made for the rugby team was um rugby or porn, <laughs> so it was like screenshots of rugby players and adult documentaries, <laughs> and they had to work out where the face was from. I did I did one of those. Uh, my dad used to do these Zoom quizzes, and um, I made a question for him, which was a uh, knockout or cockout. Um, I stole it from a TV show, but uh, it was like fit tw- twenty no ten faces, and it was either boxing or porn, and. Uh, I actually got quite a few people out. Some of them were quite easy, but some of them were quite hard to guess. You know, have they just been punched or have they just been, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I kind of want to see that quiz. But I think I think that's one you should email over. I'd I'd like to put that out to three people. I, I love that that was just a thing. That was just a family event. They <laughs> just like, oh yeah, we'll just chuck this in here. But my but... sister was literally doing the quiz as well, and she was ten years old at the time. It's just, <laughs> wow. it's just one of those things, you know. Family quiz, family night in. <laughs> well, so to be fair, speaking of your family, because we're going to have to broach it at some point. Your parents are like Zoe Ball and the DJ Fat Boy Slim. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like you've just informed Woody of who his parents are for the first time. I know. We took like, a paternity test. Yeah. <laughs> Turns you know, out you are 100% Zoe Ball's DNA bitch. results aren't back, so we can't be 100% sure, but I'm 90% sure they are my parents. <laughs> and so are they. At least one of them might be my parent. <laughs> I look like both of them, so that's, you know, reassuring. It's not the one you expect, though. <laughs> that's, like, like, oh. that's the plot twist. <laughs> to be fair though i i had a really dumb moment earlier when i knew that you were coming on and i was just like going like why isn't his surname slim and then obviously realizing <laughs> that that leads on to the fact of going i genuinely believed your dad's first name was fat boy <laughs> you know like his parents were just kind of like what should we name our child well we want him to get bullied at school so i think we should name our child fat boy <laughs> yeah, oh, i feel like that would have been my name <laughs> 
it, like realistically with like the way celebrities name their kids it wouldn't surprise me you know no there's some west southwest those those are quite moderate ones co- compared to some of the other ones like, well, like table chair that's it you know some people name their children absolute stupid things what was the Let elon musk one what what was it elon oh, not what a e named your child in ascii it's like what i mean someone named their child cricket pearl that was an interesting one. Like, not too that, that. That, that sounds like a drug. They asked Elon Musk about AE12 or whatever. And yeah. Like, what? They're like, oh, what, what, what about AE? <laughs> yeah. what? No, no, your child's name, not your password. Oh, the, the child. <laughs> like, oh, the child. And he doesn't go, my child. He says, the child. The child. <laughs> he's, like, he's such an inhuman man. He's such a lizard. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, <laughs> the child you speak of. <laughs> oh, this ah, child. I, I thought you meant my the, the tiny human. Yes. <laughs> the ti- the oh, tiny human. <laughs> Hatchling. <laughs> yeah, that's There's it. one called the child called Pilot Inspector is probably one of my favorite ones. Now, <laughs> like, are you naming that child for the job you want it to do? Because that yeah. is incredible. If it is. Oh, what was that recent one for the news? Um, <laughs> the petrol thing. There's a petrol guy, and he was called like Empty Tank or something. Oh yeah, they have. <laughs> They have to be taking the piss with those names. They must just be like, let's just make up a name for this random person. Bill Tan. That was it. I saw the other day that we haven't invented this trend. There was a whole thing about how uh, Protestant names, they used to just call them like Great Heroic Man. (laughs) They would like literally just name them what they wanted to be, like Landlord and stuff like that. And you'd just be like, (laughs) What? And they'd have like four <laughs> names as well. Their names would be huge, like 20 characters. And uh, it was just this weird thing, this weird part of history. It was like in 1620, you got like these huge names. And then someone was like, on earth are we doing this? Yeah, that's it. Can you imagine it? If they did that in 2021, it would be like, what's your child's name? Oh, top 0.1% only fans. <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, I... Famous YouTuber. Yeah, I, Influencer. Oh, there better not be any kids called. Influencer. <laughs> there will <laughs> be. Pure I dare bet you there will be at least one child on this planet that's now called Influencer. No. Whether yeah, it's I'm, start I'm, or middle name. I'm getting off. I'm climbing off the planet. Do you reckon, though, like we were saying, that when they had these long, grand names, do you think it was like the invention of like Pandora necklaces or bracelets <laughs> and stuff, where they went, oh, we need shorter names because this is getting really fucking expensive? This <laughs> <laughs> is just such a bizarre thing, names generally. I'm quite a spiritual guy, and uh, one day I had this thing, uh, a reading, where they read my name, and uh, it's like sort of like an astrology reading, but they mm. break down the letters of your name, uh, assign it a numerical value, and from that they work out your life path, and the idea behind it is that when you sort of incarnate, if you believe in reincarnation, mm. you drive to Earth without a map, like what are you going to do with your life? So it's free will and stuff, but everyone's got sort of a path they could follow that they could do quite well. Like a, a suggested, you know, you could do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could learn from your mistakes. You could do it. You probably won't. Um, but it's one of those things where, as a baby, how do we arrive? We don't have a map. We don't have a passport. But they say your name is your passport. And then actually, like, your name dictates something about your life. So they did really funny ones. Like, there was uh, four surgeons. I can't remember what the names were. They were all called, like, but basically, all their surname had something to do with surgery. And the four of them were like, this is really weird. Uh, I have a friend called Mark Merchant. And uh, he's just, he's he's always been a wheeler dealer. He's always like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I can give you a lift, but uh, you'll, you'll pay for the petrol, you'll do this. You know what I mean? He's always 
trying to make like you know <laughs> trying to make the deal and he's it's so funny his name merchant and it's like they've actually now proven they don't know why but if your name is something to do with it you are more likely to take up that profession as life path reading they read my name and they, they basically told me my life story bearing in mind this person didn't actually know who i was mm. they knew my age my gender and my name yeah they started telling me i was dyslexic they started telling me just bits about my life that i was they were like you're, you're quite feminine and uh, motherly at times but then you're also like i don't know it's just basically they went through all these aspects of my personality the way that a therapist could do if they just spent two years with me how are you doing this all by my name <laughs> then they started to say you're you're into music sometimes whole ideas of songs would pop into your head and i was getting chills the whole time i was like two hours of some person psychoanalyzing me based on purely my name don't even know what i look like they told me i was probably tall they told me all this stuff about me it really blew my mind do you reckon though it's also the aspect of like you get with psychics and stuff where it's like cold reading where it's like depending on your responses and stuff like were they saying like generic things where they were going you're into no, 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 music no. or was it really Firstly, dead on? it was pre-recorded it was pre-recorded so there was no response from me secondly it was one hour 50 and it was not very general aspects i mean wow from talking about my specific relationships with both my parents um mentioning the fact that my parents were probably like well known and influential i mean that could be people could argue oh they looked you up or whatever mm-hmm. um, but they were just, just just these microcosms of like personality traits that are painfully specific I can never prove it to you over this podcast. But honestly, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't ever prove it. But if you ever get, I mean, 80 pounds, I will happily say best 80 pounds I've spent on my life. In fact, it inspired me to live my life as a better human being from some of the stuff it said about my future. And it, it made me inspired and happy. If you yeah. ever get the chance to get a name reading, it sounds like mumbo jumbo. Everyone thinks astrology and all that's nonsense. But I think, why not try it? You know, well, spend the disbelief, have a bit of fun. It, it, it's about like what people get out of something. So it's a sort of thing of like, you know, it's I'm not a particularly religious person, but it's the fact that for some people it does, you know, influence their life. Like it makes them want to be a better person. It makes them go, oh, I need to change my life or I need to do this and that. And I think it's whatever triggers someone to do that is a good thing. You know, so it's obviously for you, this has had like a massive thing. I'm a massive skeptic. So I'm just kind of going like, what the hell? But then that's because right. I live a cold, dark life. So you know what? I, I'm going to... How about I send you the person? Okay. Challenge you to do it. Ooh, ooh, there's a I'll challenge. Forty quid if you do it. My my Just my dad off. like doesn't believe in any like sort of star sign or anything, but my sister only got a middle name because if she didn't have a middle name, our full name would have been thirteen letters. That wasn't acceptable. But you know, read a star <laughs> sign is like. Get no, it's nonsense, but 13 letters. No, no, no. <laughs> my, 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 dad, my dad will laugh at star signs and stuff, but then uh, he won't let you put up an umbrella inside, walk under a ladder. Yeah. And he salutes every magpie. And you're like, uh. It's like, I don't believe in this, but just in case, just in case, I will say hello to that magpie. I will, you know, sort of, I will not walk under that ladder, you know. We're all going to get some yeah. weird adverts after this podcast. <laughs> That's an old, ladders, turn ladders, your phones off. Man. I genuinely, I, 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 I'm 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 sticking with that challenge. I will pay for half of it because I just I I'm I'm interested. Does it work as well for a skeptic as it does for someone who? It'll be interesting. What, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about this. 
So you're talking about your your path. Have you found that you were kind of like forced into any particular direction with your parents? Because obviously, you know, you're doing DJing and that's what your dad's famous for. Like, was it, did it help that he was like already there and could show you things or was it just a natural thing? I mean, for me, it was like my parents were always, be happy whatever you do. I remember I, I, when I was about seven or eight, I found a, an interview thing where my parents had gone, oh, well, son, he, will, he won't like any of this dance music palaver. He'll uh, probably grow up and be a gay librarian. And, uh, <laughs> at the time, I was like, Mom, Dad, why did you say I was going to be a gay librarian? And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, why did you say that? And I mean, times were a bit different then. And for a seven-year-old being like, firstly, why, why gay? And like, I didn't really understand sexuality as a seven-year-old. I mean, I like boys. Um, and, like, and also, I hate books. <laughs> so it was this thing of like quite traumatized i was like i don't want to be a gay librarian and that's another weird thing about like family and life is growing up and finding stuff about your parents just written it's a weird experience i'd google my parents names and then it'd be like together divorce scandal and you're like uh mum why does it say like scandal and still together and they're like well uh no it's just one of those things where it's, it's been a bizarre life but i think genuinely it's not been nature nurture thing with me being a DJ. My dad's not really taught me much. I'd mm. ask him questions when he was DJing about why he did certain things. We'd have good conversations about it. He's not the best at teaching, though. You ask him the right question, you'll get the best answer in the world. But if yeah. you go, How can you explain this? He goes, Well, firstly, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, Okay, okay, slow that. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I don't, I don't speak DJ. Well, I, I like the idea that he's not even saying words, he's just doing that noise. And you're just like, Okay, dad, I'll, I'll go. It's like Charlie Brown, you know, when adults start talking. And it's, it's it's one of those things where I I, I just really enjoy music and I uh, was obsessed with playlists, music, everything. I got really overly obsessed with having the perfect music, and uh, DJing was just a natural progression. As from my from my mate, but it wasn't something I planned doing. Mm. And eventually, I, I want to make music. I don't specifically want to be a DJ, but at the moment, it's the best way because I can't play an instrument, I can't sing mm. or anything like that for me to express my art form was not because they were doing it and i mean with tv it was like to do some acting stuff and then i got i landed a shot on the show and i went oh hell, hell yeah why not and mm. so it's like i didn't try to become a tv personality or a dj and i like playing music and hopefully other people like it too but it's just one of those things <laughs> i i just love the idea that like behind all this all this amazing stuff that you're doing your mum and dad are just like Oh, are you sure you don't want to be a librarian? I mean, are you sure you don't want to like <laughs> boys and be a librarian? <laughs> it's like... You know what? I I actually have a lot of books in this room and I like boys, so maybe they were right, you know? There um, we go. I, Wait, I read halfway books. there. That like is a compromise. Oh, halfway, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Halfway, because I like boys and girls. And there we I'm go. I'm a librarian. I just have books. <laughs> Ta-da. That's it, you have books. So, it's yeah. like you said, if you... If you wake up in the morning, you look at your phone, you look at it all day. If you wake up in the morning and Zoe Ball says, you're a gay librarian, you're going to be halfway there. <laughs> yeah, they've programmed me. If, um, if Zoe Ball I, told me I was a gay librarian, I would roll with it. I would just be like, okay, Zoe, that's that's great. The way you say it sounds like some sort of weird kinky foreplay. Oh, <laughs> oh he told Zoe, me I'm a librarian. tell me I'm a gay librarian, Zoe Ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's an OnlyFans where somebody's done that. Well, oh, I, God. No, no, that is no, something... That's, that's that's a cameo request. Oh, that's my definitely God. a cameo request. 
Hey, could you read this out? Could you say, um, <clears throat> Velvet Snatch, I want you to be a gay library. <laughs> I think I just, it'd be worse, I, I though. I cameo for a bit. Did you? Because, uh, I, I don't really usually believe in charging for something like that, but um, there was a point where I, I'm a student. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I had to make ends meet, and I, I owed my mate quite a bit of money. So I was like, <laughs> I'll get cameo. And um, firstly, like, not many things came through. Um, and then, like, one I got was like, any places you're ticklish? And if so, can you show me? And I was like, ah. And there was another one that was like, like, do a little jig and say happy birthday to my mate. But you just be in your boxes. Like, <laughs> Christ. Uh, this is your mate's birthday. I think that's an excuse. That's not the right. You go on my boxes. This oh, is an OnlyFans. No. This is cameo. Yeah. It's one of those things where, and after all of that, they never paid me. I tried several times to get my money from cameo, and every time it just goes an error. And I'm like, oh, what? What's the money? <laughs> like, I only yeah. 70 quid or something. I'm like, so you won't send me that money. So in the end, I was like, oh, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'd rather send a video for free because mm. I believe in like you should give everyone a shot. Mm. If I haven't replied to a DM, by the way, if anyone's upset, I haven't replied. <laughs> it's because they're asking you to dance ADHD, in your boxes. Erratic. Um, I hate being on my phone. I am quite an in-person <laughs> person. Like, or oh, if if I'm in the room with you, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you to death. But when it comes to a phone. I hate it because I get sucked in and then like that's mm. all nonsense. So I do apologize if anyone has asked me for a video or anything and I haven't replied. In fact, now I've got like other people run a lot on my Instagram because if, if, if they don't, there wouldn't be any posts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like no, Woody, you never post anything. I'm like, oh yeah, I was there in person. Why do I need to like talk about it? <laughs> I went from obsessed, like posting all the time. Yeah. And it actually stopped. I took a step back and it's been the most healthy thing for me. And it's made me feel incredible. But a little bit more boring for everyone else. So we're trying to find an in-between now where I put some entertaining content in, but then don't sit, you know, craned neck looking at my phone the whole time. Well, it's that difficult thing, isn't it, though, where it's the fact of when you're really busy and you've got loads of exciting stuff happening, the last thing you want to do is stop and update your Instagram, even though, you know, you have loads of stuff to talk about. And then you have to kind of... Yeah, that's it. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm too busy doing this. Oh, shit, I haven't updated my Instagram in like three weeks. But um, but then when you're sort of like bored, I, I don't find myself going through my old pictures and being like, oh, I'll post this picture from like a month ago when I was doing something else. And yeah. I think that's what you have oh, to do. It's late now. Yeah, they, and no one, no one, no one knows it's late now because they don't know that this was happening. But it's like going, oh, OK. But to me, it's that was a month ago. Who cares? Old news, you know. <laughs> so going back to like your cameos and stuff, like um, obviously you chose to become financially independent from your parents, yes. you think. Um, so... well, that, we've all seen how that went. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the motivation for that then? Like what made you decide to like, think they're rich, but I'm doing it myself? Firstly, I like the way you've worded it because a lot of papers worded it a different way, which was very funny. After having a really like, lovely conversation with like this woman and this king shark-looking man mm-hmm. <laughs> me up with his eyes, he was like, I can see this money pouring right out of his mouth. This will be in the papers. He was practically rubbing his nipples. Oh, his nipples. Like, was he the one asking on the cameo? Did he ask if you were ticklish? Like, oh, God. <laughs> it could have been him but he literally looked at me like i was a i was i was a, a suitcase full of money in a tarantino film so i was a bit suspicious but i was drunk and i was enjoying myself and i had this lovely conversation really well worded in crap if you actually took that 10 minutes of me talking mm-hmm. 
put it online, it would have been a different story. But because they could snip, rearrange it. Mm. Oh, yeah, so uh, I always grew up, my dad always said, um, I own I all this. You were born one in a million. You're really lucky. You could have been born in Africa, but you were born in this house. And I, I own it, and I share my money with other people. Uh, you know, I, I vote Labour. I, I, I give loads of money to charity. I share what I've got because I've been very fortunate to have it. It's like my dad, you know, he's he, he's helped other people afford their rent and stuff. He's, like, paid for our family and stuff, stuff like that. He's always giving out. And I'm like, Dad, can um, can we have some decking furniture? He's like, oh, it's outside. I'm like, I, I think you can afford it. He's like, yeah, but no one really sits outside. I'm like, yeah, they would if there was a chair outside. Like, no, why don't you buy it? I'm like, well, it's your house. And you've got, yeah, I don't really need it. Um, so it's one of those things where I've been brought up like that. And I've also seen, I, I went to this posh school for a bit, um, Brighton College. It was actually really good. I only went there because I was really dyslexic. And my dad was like, no, you're going to normal school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those things where I just could not read and write at the age of three. Like, not a word. And um, so I went to there because they had a really good dyslexia center. While I was there, I suddenly saw all these kids who now have a BMW at like mm. 20. were wearing like a Rolex in school and stuff. I'm like, it's, uh, it's, life is about earning things. Not earning money, but earning respect earning a job, mm. earning friends. It all comes with experience, becoming a better person and growing as an individual. And if you're just given like all this stuff, I mean, some some guy came to my school with six iPhones and just starts giving them to people. I'm like, oh, I'll have a phone. And the teacher's like, don't take the phones, don't take the phones. And the last school, he was uh, bullied until he left because he kept giving stuff. And one day he stopped giving them stuff and they all bullied him. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. And it's like, it's almost when you've got this like, there's no monetary worth why would you ever fucking work oh why would you ever want to work for something when you've had it already Mm. it's like it's just backwards imagine you've grown up your whole life with plenty of food like tribal times you know when we're hunting animals and stuff yeah it's never been a struggle you never learned to hunt you know what I mean? It's like the idea you never saw there was a need to get food. So why would you want to do it now? I mean, like I've had a, I had a bloody nightmare because we had a cleaner at home and she used to clean up all the time. And now I'm a, living in the real world. All well, the people who were doing the dishes a lot more when they were growing up do the dishes happily. Yeah. I find it such a chore. I'm doing the same <laughs> task and I'm, I'm doing it. I do it all the time. But it's the idea I hate doing it because I did not grow up originally doing it. Yeah. I see that there's something in that. If you don't learn to do these things when you're a kid, it's so much harder. Going financially independent was I'm gonna do my own thing. It makes me feel weird. I would turn up to uni and I had a load of alcohol because basically my mum bought this alcohol. She doesn't even drink. I'm like, Mom, why have you bought so much alcohol? She's like, for guests. <laughs> guests don't need that much alcohol. And in the end, she went, You're right, they don't. And so she sent me off to alcohol uh, to, to me off to alcohol with all this university. Um, <laughs> And I had these like 18 bottles. I don't know. I didn't have that much, but I had a lot. And I turned out I was giving everyone these drinks. For me, that just made me feel alienated because I've been so fortunate and growing up in such a beautiful family. And so many people go weird seeing your parents because they're not celebrities. They're just loving human beings and they're nice to everyone. It's like, how do they do that? Why is everyone such a dick? You know, why are they so nice? You know what I mean? Like, why will they talk to someone? It's like, well, they talk to me. I'm nobody. No, everybody's somebody. Nobody's any different. You don't have to put anyone on a pedestal. There are no pedestals here. And sometimes this weird obsession with stardom and fame could put something between that. And I think in an age of influencers, it's horribly distorted our views. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, this person gets viewed looks on TikTok. 
Oh, I aspire to also show my breasts on the Insta. And it's like, <laughs> fucking hell. We've like, all been that there. Make you a better person. We, I, I want, I do. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, we should, it just it upsets me sometimes. Uh, I mean, I knew this girl and she uh, just was at a party, loudly proclaims herself because she's, she's not sitting with anyone. Ow. I'm almost at 10k followers on Instagram. <laughs> sort of looks at her. Like, here's your medal. Well done. <laughs> yeah, like, she's, she's proclaimed it. Not even in a conversation, just like aloud, like, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's just this thing of, who cares? Just like, all human beings. <laughs> I like the idea of this. Is less social. But um, and and I think the big problem is that it's like the same with money and the same with social media and stuff. It it's never enough. Like it's the fact of if you're used to having crazy amount of money, you will never appreciate not having money, and you will never like like you're saying with like the guy with ten like six iPhones or whatever, where you're just like going, you kind of you you probably don't appreciate like the um, how amazing it is to own an iphone for like someone who doesn't it's the same as like fame on the internet and stuff where it's this idea of like you know the, the people i know who have loads of bloody followers and everything it's just like they just go oh i've got to do more content and i've got to keep this up and i've got to do this and i can't stop and you know they're just like i need more i need more uh <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's one of those things i think it's a really important thing i want to talk about with truth tribe on terms of the mm. mental health side of things is that money and followers and these aren't goals these are variables there is no goal you originally it would have been i want a family i want a house wow Mm. i've got a family and a house i've done well for myself what's next there is no what's next it's like i've got money where's more money it's like there is no (laughs) you never feel full because you will always want more because you set yourself as a variable not a goal and it's just the truth it's like really aspire to something i want to build a family a company or something if, mm. if it's a thing and achieve it satisfied feel gratification your willpower and move on and do something else but when it's like oh i want money i want fame it there's no roof the end of yeah. the line is when you fucking die because you've killed yourself you've done too many drugs because you've got so much money you get robbed and stabbed like there is no end point until you die and it's horrible i'm seeing musicians rappers and stuff i'm gonna die at 21 die at 21 it's like no shit sherlock like we said with the name thing it's like they keep saying oh i'm gonna die i do loads of drugs i'm gonna get stabbed and they do and it's like wow what did you fucking do and it's like social media has always shown you there's something more i think that's the danger there is always more bitches more clothes, <laughs> yep. more swimming pools, more cars, and more followers. Admittedly, though, my goal in life is to be sitting in a big mansion, swirling some wine in a glass, and just thinking, like, I need more bitches. <laughs> <laughs> the choir. <laughs> so like, oh, fetch more bitches. I require them. Jeeves, where are my bitches? <laughs> where where are my bitches at? Because I've got 99 oh, problems wow. already. Oh. A bitch ain't one. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just, it's just toxic culture. No, it's exactly it. I think it's that thing where we have a culture that is basically consume. Like, if you've ever seen the movie They Live, where it's very much that, where it's this idea of the world around us is constantly saying, oh, you need more, you need to do this, you need to do that, because that's how the system works, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think looping back around to my company, Truth Tribe, is Mm. what I really want to do is videos aimed at educating and it's about having content you can keep scrolling through, but every video you're learning something. 
every mm. video you're getting a different take on something. Someone asked Truth Tribe, isn't that a bit like yeah. culty? You've, you're telling the truth. Mm. And I go, no, it's not the truth. It's our truth. The reason I'm Truth Tribe is because I'm trying to go, here's a little bit of truth. You know, there's two sides to every coin. Here's what some people are saying. This is what we think. Yeah. I'm not telling people what to think. I'm telling people to think. Mm. That's a good way to do it, though, because then it does encourage people to, you know, think about what you're saying, but also thinking about their interpretations of it, their own truths. Which actually, speaking of, um, speaking of truths, when you went on the circle, obviously you had a discussion about your sexuality, which was probably one of the first times that a lot of people got to know that about you. What was the sort of reaction and stuff then? Did you have people like reaching out and things after that? Um, I think for me, uh, I don't know. I just, I'd, I'd already had a bit of a thing around it where I, I used to do this modeling stuff. And then one day uh, this guy was like, hey, you know, you should come out. And I go, well, it's not really a big deal for me. I don't think it should be, oh, I'm coming out. You know, for me, it's just, mm. I grew up in Brighton. Everyone's straight basically yeah i had like 18 of well i once did like a survey thing a little uh, like a little graph uh, mm. 18 mates 16 were not straight mm. and 16 were depressed as well um but they they were not the same 16 but it was like a yeah. maybe it was a microcosm but i was like maybe that's just brighton but yeah. i think no, that's just our youth nowadays it's so much less of a thing and i know it's been a huge thing in the past like i remember um Gandalf. Ian McKellen. Um, yeah. He came to my school. No, not, not Gandalf himself. That that was never covered in oh, the book. Gandalf. I, I, yeah, I, that's it. Come on, look at, look at him. Look at the way he tokes that pipe. To be fair. It's much less of a thing for me. So I was like, look, that just sounds like some sort of marketing stunt. Hmm. And then he goes, no, you know what? If you, wanna, if you actually want to speak on behalf of people and you want to you wanna really do something with your life where you want to be talking to the people who aren't heard... Hmm. Or can you not be yourself? Yeah. If you can't be yourself, who can be? Went from, oh, is this some marketing strat to, oh my God, you're right. If I am confident and comfortable saying I'm bisexual, it allows more people to do the same. On the show, I didn't like mention it. Yeah. I was quite apparently flirting with a guy. <laughs> so I think they, they worked it out. I remember <laughs> just seeing this snaky painting. They did this painting where they painted me. And they had this like love heart which was a rainbow aubergine in it. <laughs> it's like, they also had like snake emojis. <laughs> so it was, suddenly it had a bit more of a sour taste. I was like, wait, so you said I'm a snakey. And then it said too nice, maybe fake. And a love heart around a fucking aubergine emoji. <laughs> so I was just a bit like, Ugh. And, and then the funny thing was after everyone worked out that I was bisexual, start sending the gay love heart mm-hmm. rather than the love heart. And I was like, get the love heart am i now the gay love heart i'm like i, I love gay love hearts but i was like oh i see how it is now so i said the gay love heart mm-hmm. because he is queer mm-hmm. and it was just this funny thing of like i don't care you know what i mean i don't care i don't think you guys care i think genuinely you are who you are and so for me it was like i had really positive response people saying thank you so much people asked me how they could come out to their parents they're so fortunate for just not anyone really caring um yeah. and i think it's getting more and more like that in a lot of the world but it's not in a lot of places and it really is a huge issue and i my heart is still going out to anyone if anyone does any questions about stuff like that i'm i'm you know dm me i will definitely reply to stuff like that because it is such a big issue and it's just i still know people who can't come out to their own parents like honestly if people aren't seeing you for who you are then they are not right 
Now, there's something wrong with them. And I think through education and stuff like that, and I just like to think of this day and age, more and more people are so open to it. It's just ridiculous we even have to be open to it. Back in the Greek times, there was no name for gay mm-hmm. because everyone liked whoever they wanted. There was no straight and gay. It was just love. And for some reason, somewhere along the line, we were like, quote the Bible and say stuff like that, say it's like anti-gay and everything. The translation is no wrong love. In hmm. fact, they were probably talking about pedophilia. Yeah. They translated that, oh, yeah, no, no gays. No, no gays. <laughs> no, they said no wrong love. And it's like the priests who are having sex with children. Like, yeah, they met the gays. Like, <laughs> Definitely meant the gays. One thing is that you're bisexual. Do you reckon there's like an issue with bisexual erasure in like the gay community? Like, you know, where, you know, you get it a lot of the times with bisexual people where they're kind of forced to be one or the other. Like we can't process someone who isn't straight or gay. Have you experienced any of that? I mean, the the funniest one was when I came out to my mum and she was like, no, but you can't be gay. You like girls. I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, but like you like girls, you know, so you can't be gay. I'm like, <laughs> I like both. She's like, yeah, but isn't, I swear, like, bisexuality is, isn't it just like gay people before they decide? I'm like, no, it's like, it's a thing. So I don't know any bisexuals. And I was like, well, maybe that's because they're all married now. And it'd be awkward if it's like, oh, here's my husband. I'm bisexual, by the way. It just sounds like I'm still looking for the woman. Well, yeah. It's, it, it, it's this weird thing around it. And I mean, growing up, I was confused. I got so fucking confused. I was, oh, you know. like girls i like girls i like girls i like girls oh i'm fantasizing about doing something with my mate yeah who's a guy and i'm like oh that's just because i don't have many friends that are girls you know everyone has these thoughts Mm. and i'm like but i'm straight i'm straight i'm straight i'm straight and then it was like when i was 16 or something shit just did something sexual with a guy that was weird kind of enjoyed it but i'm straight 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 and then like Oh, wow. Now, today, I just don't even think about girls. I think entirely about guys. Mm. Two days later, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I got with that guy. And so it's this <laughs> horrible thing, this cycle. I had a gay time of the month where I'd be like, about <laughs> 100% consumed in a rage of homosexuality. For about three days. I'm like, I need to get with a guy. And then like two days later, I'd be like, what have I done? And it was this horrible thing in my own head because I was like, <laughs> Not what have I done because I didn't like guys, but like, why him? Come on, like, like, I, I have no taste. Like, it's I, just this horrible thing for me. I didn't understand bisexuality was a thing, so I was just torn. I'm like, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I gay? Am I straight? Yeah. I'm just confused. Because, uh, although I, think, I do think that needs a theme tune, your gay time of the month or something. That needs some kind of like, you know, oh, it's your gay time of the month. I would like to make that a spin-off podcast with just me and Woody. My gay time of the month. Just, just once a month, you know. Once a month, once a month, twenty-minute podcast. Just put it out there. I think everyone yeah, has that. Though, like, as as someone who has notoriously been a gay man for many years, like I go, I used to go through that as well. Like, there would be a, like a few days a month, like, yes, men, men are great. I would like one of those. Then it happens. You kind of like, okay, well, I don't want a woman, but I also don't think I want a man for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, so confusing. I just it, it it was it was really confusing for me, and um, I had more problems with my own self than I actually had from anyone mm-hmm. else. I was very fortunate. It was just for me. I was just I was so confused. I actually remember saying to someone, "It would just be easier if I was gay," because I'd know for sure. Yeah. But right yeah. now, I just don't know. And I'd be like, one day I'm like fantasizing about some girl, and then I'd be fantasizing about a guy, and it'd just be 
really confusing. And because of these bloody labels, if we didn't label it all, you know, if we, yeah. I don't think we need an LGBT. I think we need love. I, yeah. I, I think yeah. we, I like having the labels and it can be helpful, but I, we shouldn't need them. I shouldn't be GBTQ plus A D H D D Y S L E I X A. I should just be M E or I, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. you should be you. It's just, it's just one of these things where I love LGBTQ plus, but I also just think it could be love. Yeah, I think it'd be a great when society gets to the point where basically people don't it's need to come yeah, out. They there, just go, yeah. they just go, oh yeah, this is my boyfriend, and then people kind of go, oh, he's 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 got a boyfriend. Oh, okay, he must be into guys. Like rather than being like, mother, father, I've come to tell you that I'm a homosexual, and then they get out like little party poppers. <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> On today, That's the 4th of July, I have decreed that... Let it be known. <laughs> Let it be known. I think that what, what we need to start doing is just keeping labels where they should be, which is on tins, so you know what's inside <laughs> of them. Those need labels. You need to know what's inside of those. You don't need to know what's inside of me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to know, but I'll find out. Well, okay. It depends on the OnlyFans, I think. It depends. Well, if yeah, well, I mean, if I'm charging you for it, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> See, I do think like labels are quite condemning in a bit of a like they do in terms of restrict. I do think also it helps you learn about yourself and identifying yourself. Yeah. And I think although it would be perfect to have a world without labels then how would you learn who you are? No, I, I do agree with that because uh, I, I struggled so much in my life not knowing that I had ADHD. Um, I knew I was dyslexic and that really saved me as well. Like I, I, I used to be a problem child who didn't want to work hard. Just like just hated working hard until I was dyslexic and they realized, oh, he struggles. Mm-hmm. Or like I remember going to my parents, I think I've got uh, ADHD. Like I, I suddenly went, I turned around, my four best mates had ADHD. And I'd always struggled to, to commit to any sort of work. I was about to do my A-levels and I really struggled at this point. I was just, mm. at end, I was not going fin- to finish them. I knew I was intelligent enough to do them, but I just couldn't do it. And I was, literally, I was, I'd sit there crying and stuff. And yet my dad would still come in and be like, why aren't you working? I'd be like, I want to work. I, I'm passionate about this subject. I want to do it. I can't. I'm struggling. And I tried so many different ways. It was like, oh, what? I, I, I suddenly worked out I could do work when I was drunk. And I was like, that's not healthy, though. It was like, so I then in a, in a mad spree, a bid to try and pass my A-levels, I went, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And I found my friend who had uh, ADHD medicine. Um, I first tried modafinil, which is another study drug that a lot of people take, widely used in like Oxford and Cambridge at the moment, like a real pandemic of it. Um, tried that, didn't work. But I tried Ritalin. A lot of people mm. don't know that Ritalin is actually, if, if you took, speed an amphetamine hmm. let it digest in your blood after 15 minutes it turns into the same chemical as ritalin so ritalin the drug they prescribe to people with adhd is speed after 15 minutes and so i took it and oh my god i wrote two essays in a day <laughs> who didn't have adhd they would be like oh yeah 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 yeah. so i'm doing this i'm doing this i was upset i was calm collected i yeah I was, I, I all my mates were chatting and i was like i'm gonna go do some more work beautiful essays and everything but my parents didn't believe me they wouldn't let me go get tested so i was basically taking someone else's prescription even my poor parents didn't believe me they thought you know it's hard it's hard like you say without these labels i wouldn't have known Hmm. at the end of it pushed out my exam results was shaking i was like having withdrawals every day i had this like caffeine withdrawal thing just this idea that 
it's so sad that someone would be driven to do such a thing as take basically speed to conform to the way we study. Dyslexic people, ADHD people, they run they run the world. Like from the Walt Disney to Tyler the Creator, everyone's on. I like to say the plectrum. It's all <laughs> these artists and stuff. I think uh, David Burns said it quite well. He he actually wanted to call one of his bands the like the autistics or something because two of them were very much like on spectrum. Sexuality is a spectrum. Mental health spectrum. It's all a spectrum. I don't think we need the precise labels. You know, mm. oh, is he a little bit autistic? Yeah, probably. Mm. So everyone probably is. I mean, it's just one of those things where it allows you to then work in different ways. But I think the, we, uh, the education system is just so much benefiting people who are less on certain spectrums. You know what I mean? So people yeah. who do have trouble concentrating, dyslexia, dyspraxia, all of it, really suffer. However, when they leave the job, they can do much better. In the arts and things like that, you know, um, my friend with ADHD, it's like he's he, he now does my managing. He does all these messages. He can reply to 300 people in a day and keep track of where I'm meant to be in three weeks time every mm. single day of the week. I can't remember someone's name. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know the year. I didn't know my birthday till I was 14 because I couldn't remember it. If you give me a date or a name, it's out of my head before you finish <laughs> saying the next word. It's just in the one ear and out the other ear. I can tell you every single thing that happened on night, a night out, no matter how drunk I was. I'll tell you scene by scene everything that went down. Drive the people we met. I can't give you their names. You're that friend. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so Glenn, Glenn, you work in education. The, you know, is this something where you know there's more that schools could be doing for people with special needs, and is it something that we're still getting on top of? I think. Uh, well, I, they had to, I work in the primary sector, so. And I think in primary schools, the pastoral care of, of things is so strong, actually supporting people who do have ADHD, autism. I think we are quite hot on getting onto that and putting them putting that support in place. And the bit where it falls apart is more um, the secondary sector, I would say. Mm. And that's when, it does, that's when education does essentially become an exam factory. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. And I agree with that. I remember in year three, I'd learned about ancient Egypt and stuff. And you know what? At the end of the day, I remember loads of it. And yeah. I didn't do any exam at the end. But after that, it becomes, yeah. But when you are marking me on me spelling these words right, remembering all these yeah. crazily stupidly named words in real life. Oh, crap. What was that called? It's called this. I can Google it because that's what we do in the real world. We don't remember mm -hmm. it all off by heart. Yeah, it's it's like, I'm not going to be in the lab and be like, oh, crap, I forgot that chemical. Shit, <laughs> it's ruined. No, you can look it up. You can have a sheet next to you. It's like mm -hmm. having exams where you've got to memorize quotes from the book. You can't look at the book. Why? I can look at a book right. every day. I can hold it in my left hand while I talk to you. Yeah, so I it, love education. It's so important, but it's they they prove in countries with better education systems, lower crime. Countries where education is free, more people being happy, getting for all of education. The fact that we have to pay for uni, it's like, oh yeah, go to uni, do more grades, learn something important, then spend the rest of your life paying for it. It's just horrible. It's this horrible trap. It's like. We shouldn't have to pay for education. If we educate more people, there will be less crime. 
we educate mm. more people, there'll be more jobs in important things. There'll be more doctors. It's like we shouldn't have to trap people in this cycle. Since we're on the discussion of education and exams, I have got basically a quiz because that's we- this week's game. <laughs> so you Alpha. mean? So hang on, are you segueing that we were just talking about how exams and quizzes are absolute bollocks? But here's one anyway. Is that, uh, so, explain how the game works, will you, my dear? How our worth is measured at the end. <laughs> that really lovely, wholesome conversation about education is going to be completely ruined by the fact that this is a quiz and the winner gets a prize. <laughs> Prizes? That's what you had to say. Yeah. There you go. Exams are brilliant. So it's it's a head-to-head. We always have our, our guest. And this week, I believe Glenn's going to give it another go. So I've got a quiz. It's a music-based quiz. I called it Track Record because I couldn't think of a better music pun for a DJ. <laughs> you know, pretty cool like that. Um, what is the prize, Velvet? Well, the winner of this week's challenge will get a gold Stew Peter badge. And the loser, oh, I mean, I'm... the person who comes second place, they don't lose, they're just disappointing, will get a smaller <laughs> silver one. Yeah. I mean, size doesn't matter unless it's, It's not about you know, size. It's not about size. It's girth. <laughs> Exactly. So it's just going to be quick fire questions. To be honest, they're all themed around DJs. Right, so I the Lady Gaga question wrong last time. Like this is discrimination. <laughs> well, no, no. You're never going to no, live that I down. Quiz. I made a quiz for the gays, and the gays didn't get the quiz right. So I've made a quiz for DJs. Let's see how that goes. Okay. So Woody, first question: Which clothing brand did Steve Aoki collaborate with? Fuck. Um... I'd love it if that was the answer. If you'd like a clue. Oh, no, I can't see that Adidas. <laughs> there was actually no branding on it. The clue was just the sock. So you want to know what that sock's used for? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the brand's called Krusty, is it? <laughs> no, the answer was Happy Socks. They're actually really cute as well, would recommend. Um, and I believe they donate to a good cause if you buy them. So. Well, uh, I, I might have to get some Happy Socks. I recently mm, became a bit of a sock freak. <laughs> they're really, really colourful and fun as well. Like they're the kind of socks that you want to show off because they're really cute. Right, right so no no point there. Glenn, which two thousand and sixteen track features DJ Sneak and DJ Sneak? DJ Snake and Major Laser. I don't have a clue. I don't want no DJs. Music. Woody, what's the correct answer? Get free. Oh no, it's Lean On. Oh shit. <laughs> I feel like you were doing the dance from Lean On, but you were doing a different song in your mind, which I, I still like, appreciate. Uh, Thanks really so much think. for singing the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll scrap that one. Woody, which year did DJ Khaled release his hit Wild Thoughts with Rihanna? I'm, 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 the number in my head is just way too early. I can't be. 16. Ooh, so close. It was 2017. Ooh, that was close. Very close. See, my okay. brain went 2014. I was like, no, way too early. Oh, no. <laughs> bit, that was a bit too early. Who sang vocals on the Z-Track Stay the Night? It was female, and she was in a pop-punk band. Uh, oh, oh, I'm trying to think of that girl who was in Gossip Girl, but I don't think it was her. No, it was not Taylor Momsen. <laughs> it was Hayley Williams. <laughs> You're all bad. Um... <laughs> I tried to make these a bit easy. I was going to get some really stupid facts about DJs, but yeah, never mind. Uh, Woody, what's what's the name of Marshmallow's collaboration with Bastille? I don't know. I don't know that one. I, I have no clue. Um, oh, 
It's a very good song. I saw the video for this song when I was in London. I was like, I know new music. Yay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've, I'm i out of the loop of that one. It's yeah. called Happier. I think it's quite old, actually. I think it was like 2000. And Happier. Oh, yeah. that was Marshmallow. I didn't know. That was yeah. Marshmallow. Marshmallow and Bastille. Um, Glenn, what nationality was the legendary DJ Avicii? Swedish. Yes. <laughs> we have a point. Of all the questions to get right, I didn't expect it to be the nationality of a DJ. <laughs> I, I have a really funny story about Bastille, actually, just to sidetrack. Yeah. Um, oh, go on. I, I, we were backstage at this festival, and um, I walked down this hallway, and basically uh, we saw Anne-Marie. And, uh, my dad was like, just hang out in this hallway, and you're going to see some real characters. And I'm like, okay, so we walked down the hallway, and we passed Bastille. They were, they're really lovely. We shake their hands and everything. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And the drummer's called Woody. And we chat to him for a bit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what cool name. We walk off. And then my mate Mark's like, yeah, we're going to meet Bastille today. I'm like, you fucking idiot. And he goes, why? I'm like, you just shook their hands. Like, what? That's Bastille. I'm like, you clearly don't know who Bastille are. You just shook their hands. And we're like, we're oh my God. And I just, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that's. That's brilliant. I love it when people are like, oh my god, I love this celebrity, they're so great. You've literally just walked past them and you didn't know. <laughs> Not more than that, you you shook their hand. You, like, had you, you had physical contact with someone you said you wanted to meet. Amazing. Right, back to quiz. Woody, how many consecutive years did Martin Garrix place first in DJ Mag's top DJs list? <sighs> too many. How many would be too many? Can we many, accept though? that as an answer? I think... It, I'll give you a half point. It's a half point if you don't get the actual figure, but if you get the figure, I'll give you one and a half points. Oh. Three. Yes. Hold on. Are we we actually giving an extra half point there as well? We'll give give one and a half points because. I'm going to have to add another column to the sheet at this rate. I mean, bloody hell. Oh, logistics out of the window now. Right, Glenn, this is a 50 50 chance at an answer getting right, so you should maybe get this one. True or false, at last check, David Guetta has a network of $150 million. Let's see a false clip. It's more wrong. It's true. What? Oh, I did not expect that. I thought he'd have way more money than that. That was that was what Google told me earlier. And <laughs> as we all know, Google is always a hundred percent factual on this podcast. For <laughs> that's a, that's a large amount of money, isn't it? It is. It's a lot um, of money. But but from the amount of stuff he's done and the amount of tours he's done, you're kind of like going. Maybe you yeah. should have more than I mean, that. Like, you know, that just it, it blows what like I've seen from my own life out of the water. You know, oh, I, yeah. I think my dad was wildly successful, but we can't even hold a mirror to that. You know what I mean? That's a... It's a different world, though, isn't it? Like, like when your dad yeah. was selling records and stuff, it was a lot different but to how easy that I'm looking sold records. Like, yeah, you get a stream, it's like, oh, yes, <laughs> 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. 0.000000. <laughs> Like that's yes. CDs. It's like CDs. It's like oh, sixteen <laughs> quid for something that costs fifty p. It's like vinyl yep. costs a lot to make. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. cheap. CDs yeah. they doubled the price for no reason, and oh, like yeah. it was cheap to make. But um, no, I don't know. I think I think the only thing is like for my dad, it was never about the cash. I guess he was never striving mm-hmm. 
money, money, yeah. money. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. good. It's it's good to do the gig to get the cash when you need the cash. Like, if you needed to pay your bills, that's great. When but... you've got as many as that, uh, the lovely David Squatter, uh, that yeah. is a lot of cash. Yeah. How many, I mean, how many you're not going to. How many bitches and do you need? <laughs> many. That's a lot to pay for a lot of bitches and hoes. How, hey? how many houses? Like, that's, it's a lot of cash. I don't know. I, just, I, hope, he's, I hope he's doing something like, really good with it. Because I think uh, yeah. when you've got like, a cash like that, you, you know, are you going to wear a different pair of underwear every day? You know, what else <laughs> are you going to do with that much cash? Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I find it slightly ridiculous how much money mm. like the top one percent can have and then how much oh, yeah. little and money it, other it, people can have yeah he's and nowhere near the top one percent either that's the concerning <laughs> thing oh, <laughs> if, if it just got those those big like bill gates musk all you know the, the, mm. those guys and they uh they all did different charity works i know a lot of them already do but if they put more into that we would need to go to Mars. It'll be good well, here, you know. Well, it is like it is that thing of just going. Oh, you gave so much to charity. That's great. But if you just paid your taxes, there would be even, <laughs> you know that thing of going. Oh, so you gave like a hundred hundred million for this? Well, actually, you kind of already owe far more than that. But uh, cool. <laughs> but that's cool. But uh, exactly. But I, I don't want to pay my taxes. Because yeah, it's just like well, Boris Johnson's bloody wallpaper. You know that's I mean? also fair. <laughs> to be fair, that's a good point. That's a good. It's this idea of we give my taxes to a school. I'll give it to them, and I'll give it to the council. But I just don't want it to go on Tory wallpaper. Well, I think I think it's that problem where you just kind of go like, what we need is we need people properly paying their taxes, but we also need a government that actually spends money properly. <laughs> and you're just going, okay, <laughs> is it Glenn next? No, it's Woody's question. Isn't it? <laughs> Final question. Um, so, before becoming a, a DJ, which band was Skrillex the front member of? What? Oh, I did not know this. I didn't uh, know he okay, was in a right. band. Oh my no. god, y'all uneducated, I'm... folks. I'm, a, I'm right. Okay, so sidetrack. When we're done, I'll send you their music. It's yeah, not Skrillex it whatsoever. Put it that way. Um, um, so, I'm guessing that's a no. I actually really enjoyed dubstep. Um, less so <laughs> the what Skrillex did with it. Um, mm-hmm. But what scream and stuff like that. It's really yeah. sad nowadays. I'll be like, oh, I, I'll sometimes play dubstep. Not like, not bangerang. I mean, like, mm-hmm. proper UK <laughs> dubstep. It's a pretty cool yeah, genre. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. elements of, like, dub and reggae. You know, that offbeat. Mm. But also, like, dance music. It's really cool stuff. But sadly, I say dubstep and people just go, no, get out. Like, yeah, because they immediately um, jump to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to leave you un- un- unread. Well, ha- have a ha- <laughs> no, have a guess. Have a guess at uh, just a just, random just word. Throw some throw some words at me. G four. <laughs> uh, I really I wish know. that was the answer now. Bill Devo. So That's he was nice. in he was in a screamo band called From First to Last. Um, mm. I will send you that later. Uh, Glenn, final question then. In the UK. Which of these Calvin Harris songs didn't reach number one? Was it Sweet Nothing with Florence? Was it How Deep Is Your Love with Disciples? Or was it Promise with Sam Smith? Florence? Incorrect. It was How Deep Is Your Love. Which seems mad to me because yeah. I, I don't remember a time where that's not being played on the radio. That's my favourite out of all of those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good hit, but apparently that was the one that didn't. I would have thought Promises would have been the one not to not to get to number one. <laughs> well, Sam Smith was getting everywhere, so I thought definitely. <laughs> so after five questions each, the scores are in, and with an unprecedented extra half a point, I'm afraid that Woody has shooed it in. He's shooed it through the gate with one and a half points over Glenn's one point. Woody's our winner. 
Excellent. It's that half. That half does all the extra work. <laughs> that half does all the work. <laughs> so Woody will be sending you a gold Stupita badge, and Glenn, you will receive you. yet another silver badge. But now you've got one for each titty. Yay! <laughs> That's it. So Woody, we've got some wonderful questions in from our fans for you. Okay, I'll start actually. I've got a question from Jenna Rose, who asks, do you ever compare yourself to your dad as a DJ? And was he the one that got you into it? Uh, he didn't get me into it. I only really stumbled across it because uh, really liked playing music and it was just a natural progression. I was actually going mm. on holiday and I wanted to play music by the pool. So I bought these really cheap decks um, and took it on holiday. And then I ended up really enjoying it. And when all the clubs were shut over COVID, my had alcohol and DJ decks. So I became the nightclub. It was great. I had a captive <laughs> audience. They couldn't leave, literally. Like, sometimes my room would have like 20 people in it. I'm like, halls of like people or something. And because lots of people started to realize I was always playing music every night, my floor flatmate who was in the room next to me must have really <laughs> suffered that. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Dom's eardrums. But I got into it on my own accord. Uh, do I compare myself to a dad? Only by jumping around like an idiot. It's just one of those things where there'll always be a comparison. You know, a lot of people like to call me a fat boy son or whatever. But, you know, I don't care. I'm just sort of doing my own thing. I'm loving it. To be fair, that sounds like a novel, like Son of Fat Boy. I don't know, it could be a movie, maybe. Son of Fat Boy. <laughs> Tonight. Son of Slim. <laughs> That's it. Girl Podcast Pictures presents Son of Fat Boy in Technicolor. I'd watch that. I'm more thinking of Zoe. I'm more thinking of the adult documentary of. That's just like your dad. Well, I wear a dress like my dad. I think that's the only time I compare myself. Like, I was wearing a dress. He was already wearing a dress before I was born. There we go. My dad was wearing a dress. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe that's genetic. See, there we go. Now, do you, do you ever compare yourself to your dad in terms of pretty dresses? Yeah, and I do. And I'm, my dress is much hotter than his. <laughs> Damn right. Who wore it best? <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Yeah. And if you got one. Yeah. So this is from Harmski91. Uh, are you ticklish? <laughs> I am. Most people are. Um, very, not very ticklish. If you find the right spot, probably the bottom of my feet and something, oh God, no, everyone's going to be creaming over that. Um, and like, <laughs> this is I'm not though. And uh, I, like, Turnwall will try and tickle me and I'm quite good at keeping a straight face. And yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. He's not ticklish and leave me alone. But really, I am, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah, there's, there's your answer. Okay. With it, if you must. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I just get sexualized quite a lot online. I find it quite funny. But like, you're not getting. A, he's not getting a video of it though. No, no videos. No uh, cameos. Face to face. You got to tickle me yourself. Oh. Um, <laughs> don't tickle me. Don't tickle um, me. It's quite funny though. I once found myself tagged in a post, and I was on Instagram. I showed my dad, and I, I, I was tagged as Twink of the Year, and I'm like, oh wow. my Christ! And I was like, literally 18 at the time. I was like, Dad. And he was like, <laughs> and he took a screenshot and showed my whole family. He was like, son, is twig of the year. That's what every parent aspires to. That just like, he might not be the librarian we wanted, but he's twink of the year. <laughs> that's close enough. Yeah, that's he could be used in between the pages to keep a bookmark. <laughs> now on the family fireplace. <laughs> frame it put it on the tree for christmas it's on, Actually, it's once, on the fridge uh, we were at a 
event at school and I won the, the secret award and they told me afterwards because they were teachers they couldn't tell me what it was but the secret award was MILF of the year award so oh uh... wow <laughs> wow that sounds scary close to minor I'd like to um frolic with minor I'd like to frolic that. with well, I didn't want to say the F and now word because I don't want to say anything about minors and effing. So, yeah, full circle moment. Mo- mother, mother, I'd like to be friends with. Um, ah, yeah. Yeah. ah, right, that's it. I-, I referred to someone as a dilf the other day and they didn't know what it meant. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, this is very awkward very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Um, so final question I've got then is from, we'll call them Raven. How much time was actually filled during the day with the circle? Like, was it all alerts and tasks or did you have a lot of downtime? Well, you'd, the annoying thing was waking up. Um, waking up, you'd immediately start your day with some nonsense. And I fucking hate waking up. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, who wants to talk to you? I don't care. Like, leave me alone. I want to sleep. <laughs> I can't ruin the movie magic, but there is a, there is a voice that can talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. to like help you along with it and like you can talk to them if, if you need something or whatever yeah like, time to wake up and i'd pull my pillow over my head shunk under the thing in the end they started waking me up half an hour before i actually had to be up so I'm, <laughs> I, fuck off if you expect i'm gonna talk for the first <laughs> half an hour of my day and like i don't know what you expect from me you let me drink last night and now <laughs> I, I don't know the time as well there are no clocks there is i have no clue what the time is you're trying to wake me up like to talk to you i don't care i just let me leave the, the day it was like there could be quite a few hours i mean a lot of reading um there's no music no east tv internet anything so i read like seven books which is probably more than i've ever read in a year of my life or two years at yeah. the time i i, I don't read that many books some of them were like 400 pages long i read mm. so much it was great quite a lot of time was spent not doing stuff but every time you got bored it, a knock at my door so puzzled. I was like, what? I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to meet someone. I open it. There is no one there. And I look down. It's a package. And I'm like, package? And, I open it, and there's alcohol inside. I'm like, Yay, oh my God. Yeah. Like, Deliveroo, but like, I've got a sugar daddy that I don't get to see. And it's just oh, really that's cool a goal. Moment. And then just as I'm like, oh, I've got all this alcohol. I start drinking it. It's like, oh, now I'm in a conversation with people. <laughs> and it's just this funny thing of... All the time when you really got bored, something would happen. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, other time, uh, what they don't tell you is them games. Frickin' mm-hmm. hell, they take hours. What could be for you a three-minute conversation might have taken an hour and a half, and mm-hmm. you have to stay in the same position when you start the conversation. Yeah. One time, I was shirtless in the bathroom, standing up in the same position for an hour and a half with your shirt off. I brush my teeth now. I'm just standing in my bathroom like, uh, and they're like, more lively. You were more lively at the beginning of the conversation. I know, it's been an hour. And they're like, the edit, it's minutes. And like, oh. but what you don't realize, yeah, or some of the games, when you have, to, you have a game, answer, it displays it to everyone. Everyone must react. People comment. People reply to the comments. And you've got to do that for every player, for like eight players. Oof. Those games yeah. like three hours game bloody hell you're sitting there they've like, can you eat your spaghetti slower i'm like no it's <laughs> cold hungry. it's cold <laughs> um so like really it did take hours some of that stuff um it was, it was it was great fun though i mean i didn't get that bored and i didn't get like whatever uh time sort of flies especially when they're like oh here's the prize conversation but 
take a very long time at points. So what we'll do is we'll just wrap this up there. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Woody. Thanks for and having us. Um, sorry if I bored you to death. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's it's been absolutely fascinating, like talking about everything with you, kind of thing. It's the fact of you know you're very on point, you're very in touch with everything. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? Well, uh, basically, uh, just me on Instagram or my company, We Are Truth Tribe on Instagram, because we have a lot of events coming up, in, uh, specifically like London, Brighton, Bristol areas, but there's there's more stuff across country and i'm going to be doing festivals but check us out because we are always doing something and whether it'll be yeah pushing videos out talk about stuff like this if you're interested in this sort of stuff just check us out because yeah. uh, we're going to be start hosting once a month a night in brighton that's going to be bombastic it's going to be gay in the happy yeah. sense in the out there <laughs> sense in the great music sense it's going to be wonderful inclusive everyone i want it to feel homely and that's going to be a coalition in Brighton once a month. And honestly, it's one of those things where just kiss on those socials and you stay in the loop. And join the tribe. Join the family. Yeah, brilliant. Stu, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? Um, keep promoting girl. Keep sending questions for guests. And be gay, do crime. <laughs> yeah, you do crime. Yep. Glenn, anything to promote? No, just you can follow the Newcastle Ravens on Instagram as normal. You'll find me on there multiple times. And <laughs> we're all around Newcastle most weeks now that we can play rugby again. Woo! And obviously for myself, you can go to thevelvetsnatch.com and follow me on Instagram. And people are trying to get me to do TikTok again, but that's a lot of editing. Um, and I need to have good ideas for TikTok and that's rare. But yes, so follow me on that Two and on Instagram. Fans. Well, bloody hell, can you imagine me? His and only only fans. Fans is the Velvet Snatcher. <laughs> Only Snatch. <laughs> only Snatch, that's it. <laughs> OnlySnatch.com, there we go. Incredible. But, no, but thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Thank you very much, uh, Woody and Glenn, for being our wonderful guests. And we will see you next episode. Bye! And cut. <laughs>